Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we're two RV industry veterans back at our home base who travel part-time <laughs> in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. Yes, we are home for, I don't know, three or four days. <laughs> uh, maybe five. Maybe five. About a month, really. And then we'll be heading out again, and we're going to our next trip, instead of our big quartzite trip, is going to be a big Girl Camper College trip. It'll be two classes that we're going to teach in Texas and in Kansas. So if you are attending those two classes, we will see you soon. <laughs> yes. One of them, I believe, is completely sold out. Are both of them? or? I don't think I've heard about the Kansas one. But okay. The, but the Texas one is on waiting list. But, you know, if you are in that situation and you haven't signed up and you want to, get on the waiting list because in my experience, life happens to people. And you what? have, I know, you have like a month and there's a fair chance that someone's going to have to cancel for some reason. What these are is it's called Camper College and it's sort of a two-day version of the one-hour walkthrough that you forgot most of coming out of the dealership. So instead of making you drink through a fire hose, we're just going to make you drink, I don't know, from a shower head or something. It's still a lot of information. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> still a lot of information to understand all at one time, but we try to slow it down a little and we try to give you a little hands-on experience so that if you think you understand and then you try to do it and you don't understand, we're there to help you figure it out. Yeah. And this is through Girl Camper. So it's for members of Girl Camper. However, we have a similar class that we call RV Basic Training. So if you are a campground or an RV dealership and would like to learn more, we'll put in our show notes more details about that. Yes. And we are happy to work with you to have an RV Basic Training at at your dealership or your campground. And then, of course, if you are a girl camper, well, first of all, if you are a girl camper and not a part of the girl camper organization, you're missing out. It's a fantastic organization. And if you are looking to learn more about your RV, look at Girl Camper's website. There is more information there about these classes. And it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of learning. And we're really honored that Janine and company and Lisa have chosen to work with us on this. Yes, indeed. I also wanted to remind people, and I try to do this at least at the beginning of every year, but maybe I'll remember kind of as these days come closer. But do you know that the National Park System has five days during the year that they allow free access? They have free access days. And this year, those days are going to be, the first one is April 20th, the first day of National Park Week. 420. <laughs> the next day is June 19th, which is Juneteenth National Independence Day. The third day is August 4th, which is Great American Outdoors Day. September 28th is National Public Lands Day, and November 11th is Veterans Day. So 
April 20, June 19, August 4, September 28, and November 11 are National Park Free Access Dates. So if you want to visit a park and it's just out of your budget, consider those dates and schedule around them. Although remember that everyone will be scheduling around them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they might be full, but they're free. So there you go. Right. You know, every week we talk about our power package, which was configured by ABC Upfitters. We pulled into a hip camp, which is sort of like a Airbnb type of thing yeah. for RVs, and it was dumping buckets. And there oh, is boy, it was. no way that I was going to go out and plug everything in. I mean, it was just pouring rain. And so we pulled in, and it was a very level spot, so we just basically pulled in and unhitched the truck and went inside the camper and used all the stuff that we have yes. because... We have our solar and lithium power system now, let's be honest, with that much rain, there wasn't a whole lot of solar, but we had the day's worth of travel. So our battery system was completely charged. So we were able to use all the stuff in our RV without having to plug in. And that's... That is stressless camping. (laughs) It really is. And and we talk about boondocking and off-grid camping a lot and that that's why we love these solar and lithium systems from ABC Upfitters. But the truth is it allows us to plan more freely and camp with fewer issues. Yes. More stress less, if you will. (laughs) Things like this. I mean, it just changes your thinking having this good a solar and lithium system. And we were just like, oh, you know, forget it. We're not going to plug in. We'll just run off the batteries until it stops raining, which it, of course, did. Right. (laughs) In fact, it rained so hard. When we did finally plug in, we fried our Hughes Power Watch dog. Oh, boy, yeah. Poor little doggy. Well, we'll talk more about that another time. Yes, we will. In fact, we have them coming on the podcast in the next few weeks but if you would like a really great solar and lithium system that opens up a lot of doors for ways you can camp you can give abc upfitters a call at 574-333-3225 or of course find them with a link on the podcast page here at stressescamping.com slash podcast and we have a link to abc upfitters but like i've said before they're just good people they talk from nerd to normal they can answer your questions and they just do a spectacular job. We just saw them do an upfit on a van and the way they package these master bolt power systems is just really impressive. So they do great work. And if solar and lithium is something you're interested in, give them a call 574-333-3225. (laughs) You almost gave the phone number without an area code. (laughs) I know, right? I don't even do that when I call my next door neighbor anymore. Right, yeah. Well, it's so funny now, you know, who... We have so many friends, and I couldn't, under oath at a court, give their phone number. (laughs) It's so trippy now with, you know, the smartphones. I can give area codes to most of of my friends. Well, and, and that's the other thing. The other day we did, I don't remember, we did a shipping thing, and we got a kickback. You know, this area code doesn't match your location we're like yeah who who's does who's does anymore (laughs) i mean it's trippy so i have only ever had one cell phone number ever 
And it's a 714 Southern California number. And I've been through Southern California and the other part of Southern California and Northern California and New Mexico. And we've traveled all over the place. But it's the only number I've ever had. And I don't want to get rid of it because if someone wants to call me who knew me 20 years ago, they can try it and I'll be there. And and I'm the same. I still have my LA number and we haven't lived there in 20 years. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to tell anybody listening to this. We're all doing it, right? Who remembers a phone number anymore? Right. eh, It is what it is. It's just one of the consequences of the change that we live through as part of this wonderful journey. (laughs) And speaking Speaking of journeys, journeys... We met Thad and Kayla DeBure at the Quartzite Sports Vacation and RV Show. I said it right the second time. It's, right <laughs> it's written right there. <laughs> anyway, Thad and Kayla run the Journey Church Online. Now, we are very careful never to talk about politics or religion on this podcast or around our campfires. Those are the things that we avoid. But this is such an interesting concept of a way of being a full-time RVer. And that is the interest that we had in Thad and Kayla. And so we got to talk to Thad about his RV business, his full-time RV life and his business. And it happens to be a church. Please understand we're not trying to talk about religion. We just want to talk about Thad's full-time RV life. To that point, we have heard from, you know, we get a lot of emails from people. Some of them have asked us, you know, we we are thinking of going full-time on the road or even most time on the road. Mm -hmm. And one of the aspects of our life that's very important to us is our church. And not having a church to go to is a reason that some people don't want to embark on this lifestyle. Correct. And so when we saw that the Journey Church was basically a mobile way to worship, we thought some of you might be very, very interested in this. And so, uh, boy, this is quite a bunch of I know. CYA, <laughs> but it's because it's sort of outside of what we normally talk about. Right. And yet it does address something that we get a fair number of inquiries on you know what do you do with your ability to worship and travel and so without any further ado (laughs) and without any more cya let's hear from that well we're still at the quartzite sports vacation and rv show maybe it's a little quieter than our other interviews because it's getting a little later in the day and it's getting chilly yeah but Thad DeBure and his wife Kayla are here this week at the show, and Thad agreed to hang out a little bit late and talk with us. Thad is from the Journey Church Online, and Thad, thank you for being here with us, and tell us what the Journey Church Online is. Yeah, so it is, uh, first, yeah, and thanks for having <laughs> me, hanging out. Super Pleasure. cool to connect with you guys. And the Journey Church Online is this idea of taking the gospel message and the teachings of the Bible outside of the church building in a creative way to connect with people that maybe a traditional church is not the right fit for them. And so obviously a a lot of people in the RV world or camping world that don't uh, aren't around on a weekend or don't live in a way that fits to go to a traditional church building every Sunday and then a lot of people that 
they have, you know, church history or stuff. And for whatever reason, going to a regular church is not the next best thing for them. Right. And so we kind of uh, have taken church out of the building, removed church obstacles <laughs> to help people learn the Bible and learn how to find and follow Jesus. Okay. So one of the obstacles I hear from people who are considering full-timing especially is, oh, I'm going to leave my church behind. And I think this might be a solution for them. Yeah, 100%. We are different than what a lot of people experience. A lot of people who have uh, been at a church and then they think about, well, maybe if I go on the road or RV, I could watch my home church's services live streamed. Mm -hmm. We're very different than that. We are a purpose-built, purpose-planned, out-of-the-box approach to bring the Bible alive and, and teach. So it's not uh, a talking head video from somebody standing on a stage. Every Sunday uh, from every 9 Sunday to 10. Every Sunday from <laughs> 9 to 10. Uh, yeah, we also are full-time RVers, and we travel throughout the United States and Canada. And as we travel, we film in amazing, beautiful, breathtaking locations to bring a level of engagement and interest that a lot of people RV for and camp for. We want to see all these beautiful places. And so we bring those places to you in uh, awesome video format and along with a message. And so it's a way to learn the Bible, to stay connected with Christian community and growing as a Christian in a way that is tailor-made for people that are on the go and and doing life differently, kind of out of the box. And your church is non-denominational, correct? correct? Yeah, we're just a Christian, non-denominational church, and uh, we teach the Bible. We are not into politics. (laughs) We are into helping people find and follow Jesus. Very cool. And how would somebody join your church, if that's even the way it works? Yeah, so... Our church is, again, a bit unorthodox, untraditional, (laughs) and following that vein of untraditional, we don't actually have membership the way people have experienced in, you know, kind of the old fashioned, go to a church, take classes, sign on the dotted line, commit (laughs) to a certain church. (laughs) Really what, I don't even say, I wouldn't say membership, but a a similar, I don't know, vein uh, to that line of thought is rather than membership, it's like, hey, what would it look like if you wanted to be a part of this community? And to be a part of the community, people start watching and subscribing to the different channels. And we have website newsletters and blogs and study guides and all sorts of tools and resources. But then beyond that, if people want to go from kind of just passive or not passively, but anonymously learning out there somewhere Mm -hmm. and watching and they want more engagement then we have virtual meetups and then we have a lot of in-person meetups and we actually strategically reorganize our travel plans to connect with people we've met through our online services and messages you had a workshop here at the quartzite sports vacation and rv show (laughs) and you had people who were clearly followers of yours here. And I also was so impressed the way every other workshop here has been somebody standing at the front and going on about 
what they're going on about, which is fine, that's what you expect. You arranged the seats in a circle and it was a very participatory event and I had to take some pictures. I was really impressed by that. I appreciate that. That is just, just that is just part of our DNA that I desperately want to break away from a picture of inviting people to follow a pastor and follow a person or the guy up front. Right. I, I want to invite people. I want to say to people, I'm following Jesus. I'm learning and growing. And I would like to invite you to come with me and let's do it together. And so instead of me standing on a podium talking at you, let's circle up the chairs and let's sit down and I want to talk with you. And that's what I saw. And it was just, I was very impressed. Before you went on the road, were you already a minister? Yeah, I've been in ministry my whole adult life, and I spent 10 years as a junior high youth pastor. (laughs) Well, you know how to work with a pretty difficult audience, I'd imagine. (laughs) I can herd cats. (laughs) I can herd cats. I have a a degree in cat herding after 10 years of junior high ministry. And uh, loved it and then have been involved in a lot of other ministry in that church. And then as our church grew, we started planting churches and uh, eventually went on to become a senior pastor of one of the church plants out of that same just non-denominational Christian church. And so prior to starting this adventure, the Journey Church Online and going on the road, I was a senior pastor of a church in eastern Washington. Okay. So then what made you think... I'm going to take this on the, take the show on the road, as it were. It's not a new idea. It's, uh, it's actually a really early church, New Testament idea. And so I've been blessed to have the opportunity to go to Turkey, which is in the Bible. It was called Asia Minor, and it's where most of the New Testament occurred mm. is in modern day <laughs> Turkey. And so when you hear about the missionary trips of the Apostle Paul that traveled and planted churches and then wrote these letters back to these churches, that was the geography he was traveling in and the places he was going was to us on our map, modern day Turkey. So when you look at the Mediterranean Sea, all the land above it is where the New Testament took place. And I've I've had the opportunity to go there and study. And as I was there, it just it just sunk in my heart, this picture of like, Paul left the building to go take the gospel message to people that were out there somewhere that he didn't know in places he'd never been to see things he'd never seen. And that just resonated with me in my heart. Like what, how many people are out there somewhere? And my wife and I love the outdoors. We love you know, mountain biking and hiking and exploring and seeing new places. And we just thought, you know, what an amazing thing to be able to match up things that we love. You know, we love change. We love travel. We meet new people, seeing new things coupled with, you know, sharing the message of Jesus with people in all these different locations. And who knows who's out there that we don't even know yet. Right. Yeah. You can go to these churches, any church, and it's a lot of them are really beautiful. You're not beating the Grand Canyon, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> not a chance. So there you go. I mean, it's a pretty impressive church if you take it like that. Yeah. Right. 
So we know that we can watch YouTube or the online mm -hmm. videos and stuff, and then you can get more involved. And you said that you have actually in-person, face-to-face gatherings mm -hmm. where you go too, right? Yeah. Is that like just kind of a couple to a couple, or do you end up with like rallies at campsites or something where you have a lot of rigs and everybody kind of comes together? Because I know that that's one of the things that people worry about or talk about as full-timing. Like I'm afraid to full-time because I'm gonna lose that fellowship and that connection mm -hmm. to people that I see all the time. And I, you know, it's a different kind of a connection. Yeah, so we do a combination of things. We do, so on our website, yourjesusjourney.com, there's an events tab and you can go on the events tab and we keep that updated with uh, meetups based on our travel plans and where we're going so people can see what in-person options are coming up. And then we also have uh, virtual meetup plans to share, you know, ways that we're going to meet up online. And so it's a combination of things. Sometimes it is smaller groups uh, or even just one-on-one -on -one where we just meet up with a, a, you know, one other couple or family that we met somewhere and we just happen to sync up and spend time together. Other times it's got a little more pre-planning involved and we're <laughs> able to strategize and coordinate schedules with people so that we get a larger group of people gathered together. And so it's a bit of both. And we, we try hard to keep a variety of ways to, for people to connect always on the docket. Sure. Wow. So actually this makes me realize that you are a traveler and you are on the road all the time, but are a lot of your community, your members or whatever, mm -hmm. are they, or do you have a lot of RVers or do you actually have like where you go, the locals kind of yeah. gather? Yeah, it's, it's, I would say we're probably about half and half actually. Okay. I have a lot of roots in the Northwest mm -hmm. and have been involved in ministry there and have a large network of kind of the friends and family network like right. a lot of us build <laughs> over time. You right. know, my kids always tease me because they say, oh, if you need something, just ask dad, he knows a guy. I have a big, <laughs> I have a big Noah guy network. And so those folks, for people in your world understand this language, those folks are pr predominantly sticks and bricks people, you know, that are permanently living in Certain uh -huh. communities and they are following watching listening engaging and they're actually even starting home groups and home churches oh. utilizing our content and training and resources that we provide and then on the flip side of it away from the sticks and bricks sort of this alter lifestyle that we have, you know, <laughs> right. we have our foot in both worlds. Uh, we have a large following of people that are part-time and full-time RVers. And those folks, we're doing a lot of virtual meetups, a lot of virtual connections, a lot of Zoom connections, virtual studies, Bible studies, prayer groups, all kinds of things. And then what we find is the people that engage in that virtual stuff it leads to us ending up figuring out how to meet up. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's like us. We're having our meetup next. Having our first, like, As a real we record official meetup. It's next week. Next week, yeah. But it, it'll be after. We'll have talked about it in retrospect when this comes out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I know the world. Yeah. yeah. For those folks that are, happen to be down in the south for the winter, uh, if you're down in the Arizona area, we're going to be here for quite a bit in the quartzite 
area and surrounding region. And so if you're around and you'd like to connect or meet up, we'd love to visit with you in person and spend some time in the sunshine before we start traveling north again. And you can find out where we're at and what those meetups and locations might be by going to yourjesusjourney.com and clicking on the events tab to learn more. Beautiful. That's pretty awesome. And you can follow that and Kayla at yourjesusjourney.com. But as RVers, we always like to ask, do you have a favorite camping memory? Oh, goodness. Uh, um, gosh, we've got so many. Right now, I would say for my wife and I both, our, our, probably one of our favorites right now is over the summer, we did a long trip up the Alaska Highway. Oh. And uh. into the Yukon and back into Southeast Alaska. And we, this last year, we boondocked 275 days. Wow, that's year. amazing. Wow. And we spent a big whack of time between Haines Junction, Yukon, and Haines, Alaska. And the stretch of road between those is about two and a half, three hours. And in the middle of that stretch of road, you are incredibly remote. (laughs) And we had the most gorgeous mountains around us and the most beautiful lakes with the deepest blue turquoise water and mountain goats and sheep and it, it and bears and it was just breathtaking beauty and the the most epic silence huh and uh, right now like that keeps coming back to us as one of our like man we, like if we could just bounce back there it's not easy to get there <laughs> right. from the US border it's like 2700 miles oh boy yeah. to wow. get to that spot so it that probably was part of the appeal, you know, of yeah. how amazing it was. But, but we kind of go, man, that spot, that time we had there, that quiet, that it was just surrounded by some of the most epic scenes of mountains and just the majesty of how big and grand everything was. It was just kind of overwhelming. Wow. That, that's been a really good memory for us here recently. That's fantastic. So now that you told the best... Do you have a worst camping memory that you want to share? Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, I'm not going to say where this happened (laughs) because, Lord forbid, it comes back to me. So I said we boondocked 275 days or whatever. We very rarely do RV parks. We even more rarely do campgrounds. And so one time this last (laughs) year, we go to this campground, and it's pretty pristine. It is sort of like protected wilderness area, like lots of lush greenery and everything around here lots of wildlife coming through i have a toy hauler the toy hauler has a gas tank in the back of it with a gas pump Mm -hmm. and we were away for a walk going to watch eagles and film and do all this stuff and we came back and the closer we get to our vehicle the more i could smell gas and we are in like you don't want to spill gas beautiful land oh yeah Uh and the closer we get the more i'm like that i think that's coming from our location and by some freak thing, uh, the pump magically turned on. Oh boy. While we oh, were not there. No. And the handle of the pump was sort of stuck because naturally. it was corroded of naturally. Course. And so we pumped out a whole bunch of gas oh. all oh, around no. this beautiful, pristine oh, thing. Gosh. And I buried my head in shame as I tried to do everything I could oh, to uh, man. mitigate and clean up. But that, that was. Uh, that was not our, that was not one of our finer moments, you oh know, we're boy. like, oh my gosh, how in the world, so. <laughs> Most people have this 
type of accident with their black tank. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is a little different with gasoline. Well, depending on whether or not you've been to Taco Bell, gasoline <laughs> could be more explosive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, boy. We were grateful that we were, I don't know, I wouldn't say that we were able to resolve it 100%, but we cleaned it the best we could, and you just do what you got to do and, yeah. and try to make the best of a bad situation. But it was a bit embarrassing, and, and I felt sure. terrible, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, stuff happens, I guess. Yeah. Well, Thad, thank you so much for sharing the Journey Church online and for what you do and for taking some time to come and talk to our audience. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for having me and just awesome getting to know you guys and learning more about stressless camping and your role here at the Quartzsite Show. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So what did you think of that? Of course, you know, as always, you can... Join us at our Stressless Campers Facebook group and weigh in on any of the topics we discuss. Sure. Thad's there, I know, and he's already posted, so you can ask him more questions. Something that I think some of you will very much appreciate. Speaking of things that we all appreciate, (laughs) we, as you know, have been pretty strong advocates of the Family Motor Coach Association, or FMCA. And what FMCA is, is it's a large organization of RVers that has regional events and meetings. There are chapters and clubs for all sorts of special interest or just general interest. Uh, Could be regional, could be about specific RVs, about specific interests like I love the railroad chapter. Yeah, the Golden Spike Chapel. Golden Spike Chapter. All about railroading. The FMCA, if you don't know, they now do accept towable RVs. They hadn't for a very long time, but now have for a few years. They also now offer a new payment option. So if you would rather not pay the whole membership up front which is 50 bucks a year with and i know we have a discount on our website another option is to pay them five bucks a month so you could be an fmca member for five bucks a month and there's there's really some great benefits to being an fmca member including the fact that let's say one of you gets sick out on the road they will arrange to get your rig home even if it's like a pickup and trailer or motorhome and towed or whatever that's just one of the benefits another benefit and this is an optional benefit is the tech connect which is a mobile internet option and Mm -hmm. they've just completely reconfigured this yeah that was a very interesting bit of information we used to use tech connect because it had t-mobile service And then a couple of years ago, maybe, there were some things going on, and they switched to AT&T. Well, we already had AT&T phones, so that didn't do us a lot of good. So we stopped using Tech Connect. Well, now you can get Tech Connect through FMCA with T-Mobile, Verizon, and or AT&T. You could get all three plans, or you can get one plan. And they've really revamped the whole service. Well, and also, it's a really great package of internet connectivity, depending on what you need. Sure. But anyway, we are going to have someone from the FMCA on in the next few weeks also. But in the meantime, we have links in our show notes to previous interviews with the FMCA. And it's just a good membership and very well worth belonging to. And we have a discount, so you can't beat all that. Yeah. So we said we just got home from a trip. We were gone for 
two months and a day about (laughs) approximately. (laughs) And knowing that one of our last stops was going to be Mesa, Arizona, which is very near to the Arizona Renaissance Festival, I actually packed a tote at the very beginning of the trip, which was, you know, mid-December. So I decorated the camper for Christmas and took some, you know, our Christmas onesies for Christmas camping. (laughs) And then in the same tote, I packed some Renaissance stuff so that we would have outfits to wear to the Renaissance Festival. I'm looking at you, Jason Epperson. (laughs) That tote actually was not big enough because it had to cover both Christmas and Renaissance. And so there were pieces of my outfit that I wish I had. But anyway... We did go to the Arizona Renaissance Festival last weekend. Unfortunately, the way that our schedule worked out, we ended up going on a very chilly, drizzly day. Yeah, well, like <laughs> The first half of the day was pretty cold and rainy and kind of bleh. The second half of the day was actually rather nice. Yeah, the sun came out a few times. If you were standing in the sun, you know, it's one of those temperatures where standing in the sun you got really warm but if you went in the shade it got really chilly again (laughs) (laughs) but we had a really great time i would have been able to spend probably three days at that festival oh easily yeah the one disappointment about our visit to the arizona renaissance festival was that we didn't get to see enough and spend enough time i mean just the number of shows that they had the number of shows is amazing and i was reading the descriptions online of all the different shows and what they i wanted to see them all yeah you just can't there's like 30 it was yeah this is i mean at least spend it's only open on weekends right so at least spend two days there if you're gonna go that's our recommendation for sure we did a little reel that i'll share about our visit to the arizona renaissance festival if you haven't seen it already it was on our socials i think tuesday or when i don't know sometime this week just kind of a, a a brief glimpse but Man, it was really worth it. And that's where we stayed at that hip camp where we stayed basically in Peggy is a master (laughs) at planning our adventures. I don't even try to get into it. Peggy is so good at it. If you don't know, Arizona in January, February is as popular as Disneyland because the weather is typically pretty good. right? And so you get people who have planned well in advance and stay potentially the whole winter there. So For finding, the most part, yeah. yeah. So finding a campsite, a, a proper campsite, as opposed to boondocking and like quartzite, can be a challenge. And so Peggy uses all these different resources, and one <laughs> of those was hip camp. And we literally stayed at these people's houses in their driveway yeah they had a concrete pad they had a 50 amp plug they had water and sewer so it was like being in an rv park but far less crowded and we even got banana bread out of the deal yeah she gave us a loaf of banana bread right when we got there and they also this one particular this is not like all hip camps i will tell you some of them are fully like boondocking in someone's yard but this one was set up so nicely with all the hookups and everything and a little laundry space oh i forgot about that i was able to get a load of laundry done that we really needed to get done right there on site it was so helpful to be able to do that otherwise you know it's two hours of going out and finding a place and gathering quarters and and all that which i don't mind doing when we have a full day of laundry to do i'm happy to do it 
but we just needed a couple things and that would have been so annoying and it was not <laughs> annoying because it was right there in our campsite yeah it was it was pretty terrific so was the ren fair we're nerds yeah. we have liked the renaissance fair for years ever. and years ever, and ever. have <laughs> missed going to them because, yeah, we didn't get to go after yeah. we moved to Northern California. I used to go to the Southern California Fair every year. And when we moved to Northern California, I said, oh, no worries. We're just a couple of hours from the Northern California Renaissance Pleasure Fair is what that one is. And then I found out it had moved three hours south of where it used to be. So since we moved to Northern California, we really ha- we actually have not been able to go to a Renaissance festival. No, our Renaissance outfits were pretty musty. <laughs> <laughs> they Opened were. the basket and was like, oh, these cool. haven't been out in a while. So you might say like, well, how in the heck is this an RV destination? But I got to tell you, we are already planning for two more Renaissance festivals later this year. Yeah. And we have to travel to get to them. Now, what would really be cool is if we could RV right there because there's a lot of land around it. Oh, but- Yes. But we can't, so we don't. I think we could if we became employees or volunteers of the fair, but that means staying for the duration, and that's not really in the cards for right now. Maybe someday. Who knows? Who knows? Well, one of the things that you go to the Renaissance Fair for is to eat. Oh, gosh, yes. Peggy also got a recipe for this week's Recipe of the Week from fellow travelers Daniel and Jennifer, who got to join us at our gathering and who joined us at the Renaissance Fair. That's right. I have struggled, you know, through the years. You probably maybe have noticed that weekly has not been part of my weekly recipe. (laughs) You know, I don't always come up with something, but right now, because of the potlucks that we had while we were at the Quartzite Meetup, I do have several recipes that I'm going to be able to share over the next few weeks. This week, I took Daniel and Jennifer's steak and veggies recipe. Really, really easy recipe. You literally take some steak and chop it up and cook it. Take some veggies and chop them up and cook them. Mix them together and bring them to a potluck. Yeah, it was a popular (laughs) dish. I think we cleaned it out. We cleaned it out. It was really yummy. And it was so simple and so easy to do in an RV. Yeah, right? and Daniel and Jennifer are full-time RVers. Right. So as I point out in my written version of the recipe, this could be done, well, really it could be done in an oven, but it could be done over a campfire. It could be done in those foil packs. It could be done in a cast iron on the stove as Jennifer and Daniel did it. So this is a really simple recipe, really RV friendly, really delicious, and by no fault of their own, it also happens to be keto. (laughs) (laughs) And you can find it in the recipe section at stresslesscamping.com. Peggy is also our gadget person this week, which is unusual. It is unusual. It's a gadget we've been using with some success. Most, yeah, most success. So when I first started speaking to this company, we had a truck that did not have a backup camera and we really wanted one, of course. Well, now our truck does have one, but we also were able to receive a Fox Park solar powered wireless backup camera. So instead of having to put it on the back of the truck to see to hook up, which we can do now with the truck, I tried it on the back of the trailer and I wasn't sure if it was going to reach. That was my first question. And I answered that for myself. It worked out. So we have attached it to the back of the trailer. It is a short term. So you can set it up for like 
between 30 and 90 seconds of viewing, which seems like not very long. But if you're just backing into a space, that's not too bad. The reason that it's okay that it's short is it has to be plugged in to be able to be used, which made it a little bit hard to test because either you have to be sitting in the truck with the truck running to test it, or I actually cheated and took one of our portable power stations in the house and plugged into that because it's that cigarette lighter type plug and it has to be plugged in in order to use it. So that part I don't love, but again, it's just a temporary thing when you're backing into a space so we can manage that somehow. It did come with two cameras. One of them was already paired. The other one, I could follow the instructions for pairing, but I was never able to pair it, so I don't know if that will ever work for us. Now, before, before I installed the camera on the bumper of the trailer, I was just testing it out, and I put it in the trailer while we were driving just so I could look at what was going on inside the trailer and watch it jump around, which was entertaining. <laughs> But then we went ahead and mounted it to the rear license plate on the trailer. It has a, like a sticky pad, which we didn't use because I don't really want to stick that to the trailer. So I don't know if we'll ever do that. It does kind of bounce a little bit on the license plate, but we may figure out a way to solve that. But anyway, it's attached to the license plate. So that was easy. It's wireless between the camera and the monitor. So there's no wires to worry about. So overall, it has been a really useful tool for backing up and for watching the bikes on the back. Sometimes I just turn it on while we're driving just to make sure the bikes are still there <laughs> and still covered and that they aren't falling loosely jumping around too much. We do like this camera. It, it has some limitations. I'd like to be able to use both the cameras, but we can at the moment. There's, again, a review at stresslesscamping.com. I got a press release from a joint venture between a company called Volta Systems and, of course, Forest River. And they are offering some new Class C RVs based on the Mercedes Sprinter platform that don't have a generator. But what they do have is 13,500 watt hours. That is a lot because, uh, anyway, of battery storage and a very large generator on the diesel engine that's in the Sprinter chassis. So the way this works is the generator charges up the battery or you can use solar or of course you can plug into an RV park, whatever, or any combination thereof. So let's say you're off the grid boondocking and you want to run the air conditioner overnight, you can. It's a neat way of doing things and it's not something we haven't already seen like in some of the Winnebago Class B vans have this similar system. It's just the size of the battery storage, which is kind of huge, and the capability of this system. We're going to have an article out in the next few days. I'm just looking for some clarification on some of the features, but it's a neat system because you don't have to have a separate generator and maintain a second engine and all the noise and clattering that come along with that. So it's kind of neat. You can run the diesel engine in the Sprinter at idle and charge up the battery or use solar or plug in or, you know, it, it's, I like flexibility and simplicity. And I mean, it's not really a simple system, but it's a flexible one. 
and takes one more piece out of the puzzle, a separate generator. You know, if you're thinking of investing in uh, Cummins Onan, I don't know if I would right now. But anyway, something neat and new from Forest River and Volta Systems. Awesome. Well, you all did not disappoint me this week, sadly, (laughs) because the question of the week was, what was the biggest RVing mistake you've made? And I wanted everyone to just say, I've never made any, but uh, of course we all have, right? And so the answers are pretty, there's kind of a few major answers, I guess, that, that a lot of people answered the same. Joe backed his Class V while towing a trailer and not paying enough attention and jackknifed the trailer and put a dent in the corner of the RV. I've done that. I don't want to say that every single time, but I bet I'm going to. <laughs> Ed jacked up the camper without chalking the tires and the camper rolled back. Luckily, there was no damage, but it, could have, but it put a good bin in the foot of the jack. Larry's done that. Peggy's done that. Kathy's <laughs> done that. Mark has done that. Tony recognized the picture that I put because it was... Our first awning boo-boo. We actually drove, well, Tony drove, but I'm still taking the blame because I asked him to take that road. But he pulled over to the side of a very narrow road to let someone else pass, and there was a tree sticking out, and it kind of caught on the awning and bent it backwards. Luckily, it didn't do any damage to the actual RV, so that was a fairly easy fix. It was not a cheap fix. Not a cheap fix, but fairly easy. Larry backed his travel trailer into the backyard pad too close to the gate post, and the driver's side wheel slipped off and broke a window. Lindy drove the wrong way down a narrow street in an old historic town in the Airstream, then immediately pulled over and accidentally ran into the electrical box and messed up the electrical boxes and the awning arms and... Quickly got out and skipped town and <laughs> and ran like heck. <laughs> what? You know, I've done the driving the wrong way down a one-way street, and this was in Mexico. And my Spanish used to be much, much better, and I actually talked my way out of that ticket. Wow. Yeah. Greg somehow managed to pull the black tank dump valve in his driveway while oh. he was cleaning the trailer out. Uh, The contents of the black tank gushed down the driveway and into the storm drain. I had it closed and washing it with the hose, but I heard the booming voice of Army First Sergeant who lived a couple doors down. (laughs) He came laughing at me and told me everyone on the street had seen what I did. Triple check your valves and triple check your covers is his advice. Stephen opened the camper door after a three-hour drive to discover he hadn't latched the Murphy bed up and it was patiently laying on top of the sofa back. Thankfully, there was no damage. Nell has also done that. Steve also has unhitched without chalking the travel trailer tires. And remember, folks, never buy cheap chalks. Right. Laura pulled the leg pin out of the front leg of the fifth wheel before the hitch was seated in the right spot and it slipped out and the hitch fell on the side of the truck. Oh, that reminds me of something that we did. I I need to post that in the group. Remember the first time we took our first Rockwood camping and we forgot to put in the hitch pin? Yes, I do. Oh, my gosh. I remember. That was lucky, lucky, lucky that it didn't go badly. Yeah, it could have gone very bad. Very badly. Well, Laura had other help people helping jack up the fifth wheel so that they could get it put back together. And they all had their own stories to tell. 
Russ swears he thought his waist hose was firmly attached. It wasn't. Oh, dear. Lori parked the tow vehicle across the street, and when her husband went to move it back, he didn't realize how close she was to the telephone pole and scraped off the rearview mirror. Mike said his biggest mistake was believing what the seller told him and advises to always do a thorough inspection. Deanne has also bent her awning arm by having a sign leaning against the arm. Now, what I didn't post is the picture of our newest awning, my newest awning, boo-boo, where I put the flip-out door handle. Well, when you flip it backwards in our RV, it's in the way of the awning. And then I said, hey, Tony, it's windy. You better close the awning. I did. And he did. And then I noticed that I had left that flip-out handle in the wrong position. So fortunately, we've been able to change the handle, and we will get the awning fixed. It's tied together with a piece of nylon strap right now. But it, again, has worked out. But Well, we have was, the parts. Yeah. We just, I need to get out there and fix the awning. Kathy didn't have a water pressure regulator and turned on the water at the site and blew out the valve in the toilet. Yikes. Paul says, I I guess this is advice. Don't use your truck to put your slide in when it's stuck. He says, don't ask me how I know. Oh, I know how Paul knows. (laughs) Yeah. If if your slide room gets stuck out, don't use your truck to push Push it back in. in. Yeah. Surprisingly, I don't remember who we were talking to. They're a repair place, and they say, yeah, that's not that uncommon. Hmm. Grace posted a video of someone driving down the road with their slide rooms out. Yeah, we don't know what the story was, obviously, but they either forgot or it was stuck or whatever yeah. the reason. They Super were driving not good. Around. Let's see. Patrick pulled away from a fifth wheel before it was fully hitched. Mm. Luckily, the legs were only about an inch off the ground. Brian wants to know, can't I just list the things I did correctly rather than my screw-ups? It's such a shorter list. (laughs) John pulled out of a campsite on a narrow drive curving around a house and ran over a bunch of bushes, but fortunately the hosts were very gracious and accepted his offer to reimburse them for the cost of the bushes. We've seen that here with uh, some of our harvest host guests that that turn can be a little bit tight and not everyone can make it fortunately we lost a bush we didn't care about and and not our mailbox (laughs) yeah that's true i wanted the bush gone anyway so really he did us a favor yeah now it is yeah travis booked the wrong campground but went to the right campground (laughs) which had no open site so you know the deal find a parking lot (laughs) brian said Oh, this is a good story. It's a little long, but he said, remember how we used to have to go in the convenience store at a gas station to give them the credit card before they would turn on the pump instead of swiping the card at the pump? Well, I do most of the driving and we had a system where I would drive up to the pump and do the actual fill and someone who shall remain nameless would go in the store and give a credit card to turn the pump on. Well, we pulled to the pump in the small town and did our thing. We drove up. The FNP, or for never, Forever Nameless Person, <laughs> went inside, came back out with food, and they got in the truck and drove off. About 30 minutes later, he gets pulled over and said, did you just get gas? Yeah. Did you pay? I asked FMP, and he said, I didn't pay. I went to the diner and got something to eat. So we were escorted back to the gas station to pay for our gas. (laughs) He said, my biggest mistake was, and sometimes still is, not double-checking everything. And I responded, (laughs) system schmissed him. He wanted a snack. So those are some good stories. Uh, Fortunately, they're all good stories, and they turned out with 
maybe an expensive repair, but a good lesson. And nobody wrote that there was any permanent damage or bodily harm. So yeah, that's a good thing. Indeed. We have a good one for this week. Tony, what is our question for this week? Tell us your favorite RVing or camping slogan. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) I really like these. It's okay if you add memes because I love looking at those too. But really, memes are going to be hard to read when we read next week's answers. Yeah, that's true. So tell us your favorite RVing or camping slogan, please. Yeah, and, and have fun with that. Of course, you can answer those questions or ask your own questions at our fun and friendly Stressless Campers Facebook group. And also remember that we have a once a week newsletter that is absolutely, totally, and completely free. It's got links to the stories, videos, podcasts, all that nonsense to help you get the most out of your RV experience. Just visit our website, www.stresslesscamping.com, and you can sign up and know that we would never, ever share your information. We just use that to send you one email per week. Period. Yep. And you'll also find the show notes with the links and all that for this week's episode, which is number 242 on the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com. Also, don't forget about our discounts and deals page for the best deals on things you'll need for your stressless camping adventure. And by the way, if you know of a deal that you don't find on that page, please let us know. We love to have that page chock full of discounts and deals. Absolutely. Hey, did you know we're in all the social places? But if you start at stresslesscamping.com, you know, you can waste a bunch of time there before you go <laughs> waste a bunch of time on social media. But we do have links to all the places that we are. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free. It's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher, and we are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And of course, you know, a review will help others find this podcast. And, you know, the more people who review it, the more, especially Apple says, hey, you know, this is a podcast worth watching. And they share it with their enormous audience. So, the reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, really mean the world to us. So they really do. If you haven't yet, please do. And if you have, well, you can still share anything you find on the Stresses Camping website with your followers, wherever they may be. So thank you and thank you. And <laughs> thank you. Well, that's what we have this week. It's both odd and good to be back. Yeah. But we're not going to be here very long. Nope. We, we're going <laughs> to, we're heading out again in a few weeks. So uh, maybe we'll see you out on the road. And if we do, well, we'll just call that stressless, stressless camping. camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! The one disappointment about our visit to the Arizona resident, re, one disappointment about our visit to the Arizona resident, doggone it! <laughs> I got a press release from a joint between, from a joint. <laughs>